very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mal Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. As always, to listen to tonight's full interview, you know what to do by now. Just go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. Begin the year with the truth. And also, If you want to unlock your full potential right at the beginning of this year, with just a few pennies per day, go to sanitasradio.com and subscribe there. Don't wait until you need that information. Prevention is the key. Transhumanism is a recent movement that extols man's right to shape his own evolution by maximizing the use of scientific technologies to enhance human physical and intellectual potential. While the name is new, the idea has long been a popular theme of science fiction. Featured in such films as 2001, A Space Odyssey, Blade Runner, The Terminator series, and more recently, The Matrix, Limitless, Her, and Transcendence. However, as its adherents hint at in their own publications, transhumanism is an occult project rooted in Rosicrucianism and Freemasonry, and derived from the Kabbalah, which asserts that humanity is evolving intellectually towards a point in time when man will become God. Modeled on the medieval legend of the Golem and Frankenstein, they believe man will be able to create life itself in the form of living machines or artificial intelligence. And to tell us more, tonight's special guest is David Livingstone, David has been researching the hidden aspects of history for the last 25 years, resulting in the writing of several books. David's approach to history is to dare to consider those areas often dismissed by scholars as the subject of cranks, but to investigate these matters with the utmost scholarly rigor. The results are works that expose many neglected areas of history, but resist the temptation to hasty generalizations and therefore offer a more sober, penetrating treatment. His books include The Dying God, The Hidden History of Western Civilization, Terrorism and the Illuminati, A 3,000-Year History, and Black Terror, White Soldiers, Islam, Fascism, and the New Age. His most recent book is Transhumanism, The History of a Dangerous Idea, which will be the focus of tonight's interview. And as a loyal listener who recommended David, he said, quote, If you've ever read one of David's books or listened to any of his interviews, I'll bet you'll agree with me that he's one of the best and most knowledgeable dot connectors out there. Unquote. David's website, 
is conspiracyschool.com, which is also linked at ours. And directly from Yellowknife, Northwest Territories, Canada, I would like to welcome David Livingstone. Hello, David, and welcome to Veritas. Hi, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. And David, first of all, and as I told you before, I'm a little bit embarrassed because I think I have the finger on the pulse. But you're new to me, and I'm surprised because after reading a lot of your material, I just can't comprehend why I haven't heard of you before. So I'm glad that we converged here. First of all, how did you get into all of this? It started, um, you know, I, I was pretty curious from an early age. Uh, I set out from when I was about age seven to uh, find the truth. And, uh, you know, I, I searched more philosophically for the first portion of my youth. And then when when I was about 18, 19, or my early 20s, that's when I finally started the research. And it really started when I was at, um, I was at a, an experimental college uh, at a university in Montreal, Concordia University. It's, it's called the Liberal Arts College. And it's a college which is separate from the university, but nevertheless, it's part of the university. And uh, it was a unique program that had uh, three basic courses, uh, but the courses were uh, coordinated simultaneously. So there's a course in history, literature, and art. And uh, what attracted me to the program is that for the most part, which is what I think is wrong with most universities, you get a sampling of courses that you're supposed to pick from, but there's no order to the to the material that you're that you're provided. Basically, you, you sort of get a random selection of courses in different areas. And what this program was designed to do was to educate its students in Western civilization. In fact, you could choose to have a, a degree on upon graduation on uh, Western civilization, which is rare. So basically. From, I was there to learn the entire picture of what is perceived and valued in what is understood as Western civilization. So uh, since that time, I have recognized that uh, the college was basically an Illuminati experiment, uh, connected all the people involved, at least all the, the material involved, back to uh, various important sources, particularly University of Chicago, uh, Leo Strauss, who is the, the guru of the neoconservatives. And most importantly, the logo of the college is the Owl of Minerva. And they use a, a particular, uh, I think it's an ancient coin that shows the Owl of Minerva, which is a classic example of, of uh, Illuminati symbology. So the Owl of Minerva, of course, is the logo, if you want, of the Illuminati. And is also the key mention in the text of Hegel, which is understood to tie him possibly to the Illuminati as well. Isn't the Ola Minerva the Roman version of Athena? Uh, exactly. So, so uh, this is the owl that is associated with there. There's there's further associations apparently because you know Athena was basically just the Greek version of the ancient uh, Middle Eastern goddess. So and she came in very uh, various guises like Isis. Uh, Anat in Phoenicia, Anahita among the uh, the Persians, and so on and so forth. And there's actually other versions like Persephone, and um, anyway, many many very variations on the same um, uh, Middle Eastern goddess, which is usually identified with Venus. So the original to all these goddesses is typically uh, Lilith, and Lilith 
was also associated with the now. So that's how far back all this uh, symbology goes. And it's interesting you mentioned how you kind of hacked the system in a way when you perceived that the indoctrination you were receiving in school was just that, indoctrination. And we are conditioned to move with the herd. But those of us who choose otherwise are considered conspiracy theorists. They, they compare us to schizophrenics suffering from paranoid delusions. You know, why do you think that is? Because I have always been moving against the herd, and I've always been told by teachers and by everybody else, you know, why do you have to always go against the herd? Is that a, an, an attribute or a, li- or a liability? <laughs> it's a virtue. The thing is, it's, you know, it's in our nature, right? Our, our, we're, our, our nature is to being just like, just like we breathe air, we, our, our soul breathes truth. So we're, we're just naturally inclined to it. It's just, but at this, at the same time, we're weak creatures and we're, we, we easily succumb to temptation. So we're, we're easily attracted to safety. And so it, it takes a person who has, well, I don't want to compliment people because it, you know, everyone does their best. So I'm not going to criticize people who don't search the truth, but it requires a certain uh, resilience and internal struggle to be able to resist the temptations of of easy answers. And really, that's the world we live in, right? This is why they offer up a million temptations, which is what materialism is, right? Chase a bigger car, a bigger house, more beautiful wife, more friends, more money. Uh, those are all the those are all the cop outs. But basically, you know, they're, they're shortcuts that undermine people's happiness and people i think people deep down well i know people deep down know that but it's sometimes our our attraction to the easy answers is so strong that uh, we overpower our own um, our own conscience i always say that the truth is not for all men but only for those who seek it and a lot of people are too complacent too happy with the way they are I think that we are living pretty much in a in a worldwide plantation, but people don't seem to realize that. They're too happy with their – and again, I'm not criticizing anybody because they're fighting their own battles. At the same time, they don't seem to understand that should life be a nine-to-five matrix? Right. I mean these people are not happy at all, right? They're on Prozac. They're self-medicating drugs, alcohol, uh, adultery, gambling. So people aren't happy at all. They're just, they're, they're looking for the wrong uh, ways to try to make themselves happy. And if they, if they only knew that if, if they were willing to make the sacrifices, the only way for true happiness is to search the truth, but it requires sacrifice. Certainly. It says the title of your book is transhumanism, the history of a dangerous idea. Please define transhumanism, which is a term that we are hearing more and more every day. Um, yeah, well, so there's the way it's marketed and there's what it really is. So to explain what it really is, is a pretty in-depth story. It goes back all the way to Isaac Luria in the 1500s. But to understand, you know, a short, yeah, you, you may, I, I like the, the description you provided from the back of my book, I think is pretty succinct, uh, is basically the idea it's kind of the idea about creating cyborgs, right? It's the idea that um, it's and it's also an extension of a lot of the recent scientific studies, particularly the genetic manipulation and stuff like that. These are people who feel like everybody who's worried about that stuff is 
unnecessarily uh, fretful. That uh, we should we should let go of any kind of uh, concerns that we have or fears that we might have about manipulating our own existence. That's fundamentally what it's about. A lot of the transhumanists are involved in sort of uh, you know, what they call, in their own words, sort of ethics um, advocacy groups for. Uh, for promoting acceptance of things like uh, genetic modification and so on and so forth. So basically what they believe is that, you know, because most people have a natural um, apprehension about tampering with nature, particularly tampering with our own nature and, and, uh, and, the, and the environment around us. So what these people feel is that, you know, there's no such thing as you know, you, these these apprehensions are in your own mind. They're they're unnecessary. They believe that we should let go of any of these fears and just boldly uh, uh, dive into uh, any kind of exploration of how we can quote unquote improve uh, ourselves. So that means uh, life expect extending extending our lives, um, um, uh, implants. Um, um, you know, basically humans becoming some like a cyborg, anything that in their mind is an enhancement of what is our current or what are our current uh, physical limitations. You said transhumanists involved in ethics advocacy groups. That sounds to me like the Fox Guardian that hand house. Oh, well, that's exactly what it is. It's their interpretation of what ethics are. Right. So the way the way I describe it simply is. You know, there's there's a lot of this science which is legitimate and has, you know, the, I I'm I would never encourage limiting the kind of science that we explore. I think I, I saw recently, um, in fact, this was on a transhumanist blog of a of a uh, uh, robotics expert. Basically, I'm not sure what his qualifications are, but he's basically a robotics expert who lost his legs uh, from just above the knee down. And he has managed to create a kind of prosthesis on both legs. And when you watch him walk, he looks like he's walking like a normal person. So it's amazing, right? But there's a big difference between prosthesis and then using this kind of technology to supposedly augment uh, human beings. And I compare that to plastic surgery. So, you know, when plastic surgery is used to help burn victims and things like that, then obviously it's legitimate. When people try to improve their looks, I don't think I've ever seen a case of anybody who's done any plastic surgery that has any kind of, uh, you know, positive <laughs> results. You know, it, usually it's like, like the duck lips that you see so many women fashioning these days. It's just unbelievable. You, they're marring themselves, right? They, it's you. You can't improve on what some just because it doesn't conform to what they're what they expect they are supposed to look like. Because I'm not going to say it's the, the expectations of society because that's what they imagine society expects. It's their problem is, you know, if well, for whatever they feel, reason they feel uncomfortable with themselves, they feel by modifying themselves, they can improve it. But all they end up doing is actually destroying uh, often you know, traits that are which they think might not be attractive, but are actually what fundamentally makes them beautiful, even if that's not according to the normal standards of beauty. I'm glad so, you're making the connection between let's say the cyborg or the those people who are continuously going through surgical procedures to 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 make themselves look quote unquote prettier if you will the plastic surgery great connection right there because i think 
addiction becomes part of it. Somebody who has, a, say, uh, an iPhone, and every time some a new version comes out, they have to throw away their iPhone to get a new one, or they have to get a new gadget, almost as if they're replacing their brain with an extension. Are we going to see a connection between, say, the World Wide Web, if you, want, if you want to call it that in the next 20 years, or kind of the hive mind in the future? And if you're not part of that hive mind and you become, say, human 2.0 and you are still human 1.0, are we going to see those people being relegated by society? Um, you know, they, you're bringing up a larger point, which is really important. So, Because the tricky thing about transhumanism is that it's, it's a current variation. On a, on a more long-term uh, project. So, you know, to, to cut to the chase, basically the internet and the computer is a, has been a CIA project uh, to create, uh, I mean, ultimately it's the, the, the goal has been since the 50s, since, since the, the, the uh, advent of the cybernetics uh, group to create artificial intelligence. And, that artificial intelligence is to be manifested through uh, the personal computer and the internet, which they believe in their own words uh, that this is going to be the new God and it's going to be how man become, becomes God. So fundamentally, this is what transhumanism is about. It's about man becoming God. And so they have their particular uh, take on it, which is the internet. They, the, the, idea, the idea of a, the internet actually goes back to a religious concept called collective consciousness and uh so this this is where it goes back to ties into the occult and the the connection of recent occult history with the philosophies of the near east particularly buddhism and tantra so this whole idea is directly connected it's it's the idea of correct of creating this collective consciousness um as a replication of what has been suggested in these uh, Eastern philosophies. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. You mentioned life extension. And sorry if we're having some some trouble here. Uh, I guess it's uh, the gremlins that are out there. Probably, hopefully, they'll, they'll learning something. But life extension, I yeah. presume you mean for some, but not for most. Am I right? Um. Yeah, that's, that's a good guess. I, I haven't seen any specifics but uh you know the 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 scary thing is that transhumanism uh has emerged out of eugenics and eugenics and eugenics itself comes out of darwinian uh sorry what's the the, the, um, social darwinism so which again ties back to this whole theory of evolution which is really what transhumanism is all about so it's the evolution of man to god so fundamentally it's elitist. And even though they might, they, I, I think for the most part, of course, they'll never suggest that they'll, first of all, they'll never admit that they have a connection to eugenics. And then they would never admit that uh, they're not talking about everybody. So um, I would suspect that, yes, that's likely what it means. Although they have, I haven't heard, I've yet to hear anybody confess it. And I have to admit, I thought transhumanism was uh, somewhat a new concept, uh, even singularity which we'll discuss later, but it's obviously not. It's been around for hundreds of years, and we've all heard, for example, the term designer babies, gene editing, etc., but I can't help but wonder if there's a connection between, as you say, transhumanism and social Darwinism or eugenics. Is transhumanism an extension of social Darwinism since both 
seek the same goal. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.